Wait a minute. We went into court for a restraining order. Okay. We went into a court. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This opened the whole question of crowding and led to an agreement with the board under which Rashan High School would remain undisturbed despite its overload and that the field school at Olive near Taylor, together with another grade school, would be made available for Negro use at the incoming school year. Oh, so I guess that, that was all about that. Now that, that of course, was uh, from Dave's uh, notes. See, attached from number five, there should have been another. Well, okay, that was the end of it. So they won that. Oh, then there was a Fairmount, that's right, the Fairmount Park racial yes. upheaval, 1949. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, that resulted from a directive by John J. O'Toole, who was the director of public welfare at the time, mm -hmm. to park employees to follow the law and permit all persons to use all of the facilities of that city-owned park, including a large outdoor swimming pool there located. The morning newspaper, which incidentally was the Globe, mm -hmm. <laughs> incited trouble by headlining the order and making great news out of what really was a mere directive to employees to follow the law, which this administrator was bound under oath to uphold. Wheeler went over with a group of Negro youngsters, uh, braving the threats, taunts, and epithets of racial bigots determined to defeat this lawful integration through intimidation, force, and physical violence. Remember sporadic fights, that was as close, I think, as we got to that occurred at the park and Wheeler was truly the ubiquitous man. He was at all places at all times where trouble was watching. He watched everybody. <laughs> um, there was hardly an incident that occurred in the park about which Wheeler did not have some first-hand information. So I think you know what happened there eventually that uh, after what? They had a few days of violence, fights, fist fights between the whites and the blacks. And, um, so Why do you suppose that there wasn't, not that it was good, but why do you suppose there wasn't, there weren't riots in St. Louis? They were what? There weren't riots in St. Louis like there were other I think they had some good leaders here, men who were strong. Are you speaking of black leaders? Black, yeah, oh, yes, yes, yeah. Um, but I'm talking about whites. Why, why do you suppose that, even though there were confrontations, that there weren't more, that it wasn't more violent from the, from the white side? Oh, from the white side? Mm -hmm. Did you did you all prepare yourselves for those things? Did you feel that when you went to do something, 
we well, as yeah, concern, that's concerned about the thing and incident. We feel we felt felt that that was going to be mm -hmm. exactly what it was, mm -hmm. and I think they had um, they called an extra police even, you know, before the park was open to. to mm -hmm. teachers. Hmm. Here is Stowe. Let's see. There was a. Well, you can ask Evan Roberts about that. Okay. Um. And we brought um, Josephine Baker here. That was that was in 1952, though. She refused to perform uh, before uh, segregated audiences. She came from France, and uh, Dave was president of the NAACP at the time, and she came here for a benefit performance. They had a, um, Where was it held? It was held at the Keele Auditorium. And uh, it netted close to five thousand dollars, which was given to the local NAACP. Mm -hmm. And she refused to do it in front of the segregated. Oh yes, yeah. she 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 wouldn't perform. She was the first one that opened uh, Miami Beach, and that was her first performance here in America. She uh, and the beach was really segregated back in those times, but. Uh, they opened, the club wanted her so badly, they opened down there in Miami and uh, right on the beach. Mm -hmm. In fact, I went down there just a few weeks after she had appeared in Miami. There were no problems. No, no trouble at all. Well, was there any, there were no problems there, here? Oh, no, 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 no. Of course, that was Keel Auditorium. It was open. I mean, so did you and Dave travel a lot? Oh, yes, we traveled For all. this or because you just traveled? Oh, well, we would go to different, uh, especially out east, there were, um, well, conventions, always political conventions, NAACP conventions, and, and um, uh, Dave was a member of the Elks. I never attended. That was really before I got in the picture. He was active with the Elks. And they, um, um, the Elks organization, they were very active with civil rights and they gave money and time and everything else. Um, was this, were there certain, in, I, you don't have to name names, I'm not after names, mm -hmm. I'm after more feeling and support, mm -hmm. were there certain um, white people in the city that Dave or you or, or your friends uh, knew that you could count on, mm -hmm. that, that, yeah. 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 that were steady, mm -hmm. that didn't come and go? Mm -hmm. right. You may name names if you want to. <laughs> uh, Al Fleischman comes to mind, by the way. It was Mark Henley, he was great. Mark Henley? Mm -hmm. Yes, Lloyd's dead now. And, um, there were, there were white friends who were, who were helpful. What did Al Fleischman do? Al Fleischman was a, um, right. you know, he was, um, 
And Edward, Edward I was mm -hmm. yeah. Yes, he's still a but, um, communication. He also, he was very, very involved in a lot of civil rights activities. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you right now. Mm -hmm. I, I had the file. I you had, oh, I know. It's, I, I'm asking a lot of you to, re to go back and remember mm -hmm. and certainly specific things. Um, what what kind of you don't have to be specific as far as your own but for the parents like yourselves who who were so involved in, in uh, what, what impact do you think this had on your on the children of people like yourselves who who were so dedicated. Well, do you remember that the children and uh, my children's generation, things were open just like um, the Catholic school, the, car the Cardinal um, Cardinal Cardinal Glennon wanted these Catholic schools to remain uh, segregated, and when he went to Rome to receive his um, red, red hat, he became ill, and I think while he was prostrate on the floor, he had an attack and he died over there. Mm -hmm. And then after that, Joseph Ritter was here in St. Louis. He was, that's right, when he made the pronouncement that the Catholic schools would be open. There were two people that he threatened to excommunicate from the church because they opposed this integration. That's right. And Benny told me that um, one of them is now a state senator. I don't, I don't know his name. That's right. Mm -hmm. but they backed down. Mm -hmm, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He was, uh, uh, Ritter said, no, he says, the schools are going to be integrated, that's it. But um, there, there were, you know, objections. Some of the parents objected to it. And you were saying about where your children would have had to go to school, Louverture? Oh. Yes, they would have had to, uh, to go over here, cross the bridge to... Uh, Loverture School, and um, well, we were not. We had investigated, and the, uh, the schools were just not doing doing the job. So we decided to send them to uh, St. Pius over here. Right now, so when when were they integrated? The campus schools. What year was it? Oh, I guess that was. Maybe 46, 47, when we were in there. Mm -hmm. um, how did it feel to go to places that had been closed to you before? And well, I think the first thing you really felt, are they really going to be <laughs> nice? You know, are they really going to come and serve you? Or are they going to have an attitude? The place, though, oh yes, at the Union Station, 
we would go down there every Sunday with the children because that's the only place where uh, you could really get good food. Sunday breakfast, Sunday dinner mm -hmm. at Fred Harvey's. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. uh -huh. yeah. How interesting. Mm -hmm. They had to, they would, mm -hmm. they had to be open yeah. to integrate. Yeah. 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 So. So, tell me how it felt. You, first you oh, well, we didn't have any trouble. No, at, no, at, no not Fred oh. Harvey's. Uh -huh. But back to the original question. Um, I mean, people get dressed up to go out. Yeah. They make themselves uh -huh. as attractive as possible, uh -huh. and here you are. And do you remember the first place you went? No, I don't remember. It didn't matter because we knew that they were open and that they had to serve us. Uh -huh. So we were not, uh, Did we you didn't go in there uh, um, to be intimidated, and uh, we were not timid, so we just walked in. Uh -huh. And. Um, I I cannot recall right now any um, obvious um, mm -hmm. whatever you want bitterness or antagonism from a waitress. I'm sure that at some point, like any place else, you find wait waitresses or waiters who are well, they have you know mm -hmm. you can feel you can feel <laughs> that they really don't want to serve you. They don't want you to serve feel anybody. That, they feel that right now. Right. Okay. No, I don't recall any place, and I don't even remember where we went first. But you, but you voiced in the beginning mm -hmm. of my question, you voiced some concern. Were they really going to serve you? Well, you might, yeah, you, uh -huh. you would think that. You sit down and say, no, not if they're going to serve you, if they're going to, their attitude nice. when they serve, okay. because they had, by that time, they, they had to serve you. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, but how did it feel inside? You were used to it, though. Yeah, we'd, we'd been to New York so many times, and uh, uh, Chicago, and, and California, that, that... It was due. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Not that there are not segregated places in Chicago, and New York, and California, even then. There were places that um, uh, I imagine that they were not too happy if Negroes walked in there, but um, no, we didn't. I don't have a problem. How did your children learn um, what it was all about to be colored Negro, or um, what were they taught? Anything in school? Oh no, did not at school. Did they? It was all Catholic over there, and then they were the only two uh, Negroes in the school. Well, so did that did that mean anything? Did they have questions about that? Uh, yes, and of course we answered questions, and then we had uh, um, my son was in the Indian guides, and oh. my daughter they were in activities where mm -hmm. um, their Negro friends we were all together. So it wasn't we weren't separate. Mm -hmm. We had friends coming down here. They had uh, their little activities together, and then my son was in the. Um, um, Boy Scouts, and she was in the Girl Scouts, and um, well, they just knew that was all. They didn't have any Negro history over there, of course. They didn't get that until until later. What was later? Well, uh, in uh, not too much in high school, but after high school. But you see, they were around it all all the time yeah. here in this house. So it it was just something that. Uh, 
um, they knew about, and talk, we talked about it. And, um, my daughter was active out there at, at Washington U when they had the sit-ins. My son was very active in school. Uh, he was against everything. <laughs> everything that had to do with the establishment. <laughs> That was his time. <laughs> that was his time, right. <laughs> My daughter sat out there with the, with the um, what they call themselves, the Black Students uh, Association, I think, of Washington U. So, Mildred, what you have to uh, learn to go with the flow. <laughs> what? Uh, and fight. Well, you had a lot of that. <laughs> um, what have I not asked you? that I may I not even know. know enough about. I don't know. We've covered things that are, that are well, important. And, and uh, as I said, Evelyn Roberts can fill you in with more detail than I can because she was really involved with it. See, I had children. I had an office to take care of. I had a house to take care of. So that I was not out at those meetings every night that I, when I could have been. I had, I had other things to do. And, um, and I was taking classes. I, I was doing a lot of things. So um, I was only one person. Person. Oh well, I, I was always taking something. Mm -hmm. I was into. Um, I liked what I was doing in the office, and I used to um, take care of Dave's probate work, estate work. Mm -hmm. I took some classes in that, taxes and whatnot. Yes, one has to remember that besides the civil rights uh, cases, he had... One had to make had, some money. Yes, one That's had right. to live. That's right. That's right. And uh, That's right. do the same. So times were very, very um, busy. <laughs> Would you call it a good time to have lived? Oh, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Surely. To feel that you made a... I'd be very worried now if I had young children with AIDS and drugs and all of that. I would, I would be up the wall. It was, you know, you're just worrying about it then, mm -hmm. but... Mm -hmm. uh, worried about different things. Yeah. But to feel that you made a really long-lasting, important contribution. Well, my husband certainly did. And yes, he did. He really did. And uh, people say right now that, that he was um, the catalyst in, in getting Negroes into the Democratic Party because they got... better jobs during that time. He, um, and he fought and he... He had been he a had staunch a Republican. No, he had never been a Republican. Uh-uh. He had never been a Republican. He changed from Republican to Democrat. Jordan Chambers changed from Republican to Democrat. I don't remember David, David said he was in. He came back from school. He went into the Democratic Party. He was the one that went out and the, the, the colored people here were Republicans. My mother was a dyed-in-the-wool Republican, and she had always said that I'll never have a, Repub a, a Democrat staying in my house. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and Dave and I got married and went to her house to live, and she adored him. She loved him madly. And uh, he used to tease her. So, uh huh. You said there never would be a Democrat, and I and I think he changed her too. She wouldn't tell us how she voted, but whenever she voted, he said, "Now you know you're going to 
uh, uh, vote the straight Democratic ticket. And mother would look at him and she would blush and she'd give that cute little smile. And he'd say, I think I've got her. But she never would tell us how she voted. <laughs> yeah. I want to thank you for giving me your time well, and your energy right. and that's being okay. in your home. And oh, can I get you something to drink? You must be starving. Large glass of water that's with just no ice. Water, no thank ice? you. Okay, thank you. Bye. Bye.